Welcome to the College Football Bros. Ryan. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Ryan is back from his one-week suspension following a (laughs) violation of the podcast substance abuse policy. Welcome back, Ryan. You just got to watch out for those random drug tests, man. It's (laughs) be careful. That was a rough one. I hope you got the help you needed. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm taken care of now. (laughs) He found some masking agents, so he's all good. Uh, Ryan, we're going to make you go first with your week eight takeaways. All right. Um, Well, I'm going to talk about how Kirk Ferentz needs to fire his son. This is embarrassing, man. Breaking news. It is terrible. How can you justify this? I know. I'd be so mad. 130th in the nation in total yards per game. There's 131 teams, by the way. So only beating out New Mexico, which that's not good. Uh, They're 122nd in rushing and 120th in passing. Just, I mean, everything's in the 120s and 130. It's just <laughs> everything's so bad. Uh, they would even drop lower in scoring, actually. They're 122nd in that, but they have some defensive touchdowns, which which obviously helps out. Um, they can't do anything right. And this is the second year in a row of them being one of the worst offenses in the nation. Last year, they were 120th in total yards per game. So they somehow got worse from last year. So the defense, as good as it is, it's not that elite enough to carry just this whole pathetic of an offense. So I... He's got to be gone at the end of the season. You would think at least maybe Ferris is just waiting till the end of the year. But if they, if if he tries to bring him back for another year, I, I, I would, I don't know what I would do as an Iowa. I don't fan. think I it's tenable. Just, I don't think that's yeah, exactly. Tenable. It's no way. There's no possible way. But he should already be gone. He should have resigned himself. Just like <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, in more positive news, TCU sorry. continues their dream season. So they beat K State. 38-28. They were down 28-10 to 10 and made the comeback. I think it's probably fair to say that there's a good chance they would have lost if the K-State quarterbacks remained healthy. Adrian Martinez gave it a go, uh, left after the first series. Will Howard replaced him and for the most part played really well. And then he got hurt and was kind of in and out of the game at the end. The third string freshman came in, attempted one pass and interception. So <laughs> that that definitely helped TCU get that comeback. But a win is a win, and that's that's been the theme for them. Like there, there have been opposing quarterback injuries. Dylan Gabriel went down in the OU game, though OU was already down pretty big yeah. at that time. Uh, Jalen Daniels got hurt in the Kansas game. That that definitely hurt. Again, though, Jason Bean played yeah. pretty dang well in, hey, in man, that game. Part of the game is staying healthy. So yeah, shame on those other teams for not staying healthy. <laughs> let's let's show, yeah, shame shame on you guys, them for man. getting hurt. Do do what you need to do to stay healthy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow i do not co-sign with that uh spencer sanders was do. also ryan's play. asking for another suspension <laughs> yeah he is fire me already guys kick me <laughs> off the pod Dang, what did I do? he's oh. shaming players for getting hurt <laughs> why have you resigned already <laughs> yeah it's because he's related to the other host right <laughs> that's right it's a good point good point uh spencer <laughs> sanders was him playing through a, a shoulder injury in, in that game so anyway but tcu's they're undefeated and unless you're like ohio state or georgia or someone like that you're, you're always going to need a little bit of luck to be undefeated this late in the season they've got nothing to apologize for and they're playing great so uh 
good for them. Yeah. Love the horned frogs. Yep. Uh, my first takeaway is in that Clemson-Syracuse game. And there's a few things to unpack in this one. First, like in recent weeks, we we praised how well DJU had been playing this year and how he turned it around. Well, this game he looked like he did last year against Syracuse, and it, and it was ugly. I mean, he missed some throws, turned it over, ended up getting benched for Klubnik so that they could get a spark, and it worked. Reminiscent of a couple years back when Syracuse uh, had Clemson on the ropes and they needed Chase Bryce to save it late. So, But I think there's a lot of people out there that are maybe overreacting and burying Clemson. Like I'm, I myself am not saying that Clemson is national title good, like at least as good as they were in the last, you know, 10 years, but I'm, I still think they're solid. I mean, if you take a step back and look at this game alone, they were statistically better. They ran for almost 300 yards. Their defense played great. They outgained Syracuse 450 to 291, but they had four turnovers that kept the orange in it. So, and you, you can't lose sight that Syracuse has a pretty good defense. It's not like they were chumps. They were unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I I know the quarterback play needs to step back up. But I'm also not writing them off like some of the media seems to be doing at this point. Yeah, DJU had been playing really well, so I can, you know, sort of forgive one game here if if he kind of gets back to how he had been playing. Yep, not overreacting to this. They won. What are you gonna do? All right, uh, my next one. Uh, Texas blew a huge opportunity um, at Oklahoma State. They were up 31-17 flying just offense was going man in the second quarter um but then they only scored three points the rest of the game um while oklahoma state scored 24 so a 24 to 3 finish there for the pokes and oklahoma state ended up winning 41 34 quinn ewers struggled man three picks and just in the second half couldn't do anything when they really needed something they needed to get something going uh so that was a disappointing loss for them because had they won they would have been in second place by themselves in the conference and putting themselves in a good position to make a you know a run at the the title game, but now I mean for them to have a real good chance, they got to win out, um, and even that is not a guarantee to get them in. So, and they this they just need a strong finish to the year though. I mean, forget making the title game; they just got to finish yeah. the year strong because last year obviously finished horribly, <laughs> losing six in a row and then winning the last one. But they can't do that. They they got to nip that in the bud and win a few games here down the stretch and just. To kind of build have a you know good second year here for Sark because they don't want to keep going in the wrong direction yeah that was a rough one definitely a rough game yeah. for Quinn Ewers there was I know it was really windy and there were some key drops but still he was not sharp at all yep uh okay my next takeaway Mario Cristobal and Miami have reached Ooh, a oh low. this past weekend they lost 45 to 21 at home against Duke they turned it over eight times <laughs> Nebraska Iowa State reminiscent yeah. It's bad. They're now three and four, despite facing the 102nd most difficult schedule in FBS so far. I think that was according to FPI's numbers. But uh, they're they're probably a slight underdog to make a bowl game at this point, which is pretty crazy given that Cristobal did not inherit a rebuild situation. Like if Manny Diaz had stayed, they were expected to be pretty good this year. Tyler Van Dyke, you know, a yeah. potential top ten quarterback in the country, and things were supposed to be good, but. They are not. So I don't know. I don't know. We we talk about uh, we we're going to release a YouTube episode this week where we talk about um, some first year head coaches that are doing really well and some that are struggling and which we could see turning the other way. So a little teaser there. Maybe I still believe in Mario Cristobal. Does he get rid of Josh Gaddis after year one? Man, uh, it's it's not good. It's not good. But uh, I don't know if he will, but he should. 
but then it's like who do you replace them with like mario cristobal yeah. of course had this problem at oregon where it yeah it kind of seemed is it the coordinator's fault or is it something that that he's doing that is, yeah. is holding and, back and these also offenses? like duke just like rattled off 45 against miami at home yeah. like, that shouldn't happen like that no. defense too yeah. um my next takeaway is LSU is is good, and maybe Ole Miss was was a bit overrated. I mean, it's kind of amazing how under the radar LSU has been. They they weren't ranked going into last weekend. They were a slight favorite most of the week against unbeaten number seven Ole Miss, and then they just hammered them forty five to twenty. They outscored the Rebels twenty eight to nothing in the second half. And I just Brian Kelly continues to prove that he he can coach. I mean, he's taken Jaden Daniels. And he's been playing outstanding. Five total touchdowns in this game, 121 yards rushing. I mean, the Tigers put up 500 yards on what has been Lane's best defense at Ole Miss. Um, the LSU didn't really get let Jackson Dart get rolling. Um, Harold Perkins, at linebacker, broke out in this one. I mean, you can just see the team is playing with confidence now. And they've actually played their way into making this Alabama-LSU game next week uh, a must-watch. Um, yep. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about how Ole Miss, they haven't really been tested so far, and, and it kind of showed here. So I'm really curious to see how they finish up their last four games. They got A&M, Bama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. So still can have a good season, but not the easiest slate to finish. So about that Alabama-LSU game, not this upcoming weekend, yeah, but but next week, I see a point spread already for it. I'm just looking at the Ooh. ESPN schedule and there's points Bama what do you guys, at LSU, right? Bama at, yeah, LSU. at LSU. Say I'm gonna Bama s- by hmm. I'll say eleven. Just off the cuff. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a quick, quick answer. I respect it. I'm not no metrics, no, that's, just boom. I'll say uh like eleven and a half. <laughs> Jerk. You have a price is right at him there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you win. Yeah, you win. It's fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. after this week, we'll see what happens. Yep. See if that moves. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, Brian Kelly's been doing a great job. They've they've look a lot better than they did in week one. So good job. All right, moving on. We got. I mean, to, neither, I neither give... of them play, Ryan, so it, it might move, but just as a result of betting, not a, not really yeah. US, much happening. Nah, I realize that now. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nice naked gun All reference. Right. Yes, yes. All right. Um I'm going to give some G5 love here. I'm going to talk about Boise State. Um, people seem to kind of be leaving them for dead after they lost 27 to 10 to UTEP uh, about a month ago, um, which gave them their second loss of the year already, and they just didn't really look that good. Um, but since then, they've won three in a row. They dominated uh, San Diego State, dominated Fresno State, and they just won a very big game on the road at Air Force, um, and it, which kind of knocks Air Force out of the running for the Mountain Division title. So that division, the Mountain Division, it, it's down to Boise and Wyoming. It appears um, Colorado State's two and one, but they're pretenders. They've beaten two, two like the worst teams. They're really bad. So Boise and Wyoming uh, play later on. I think in a few weeks it's at Wyoming. But hey, Boise's got doing it with a freshman quarterback, Taylor Green. They're running the ball really, really well, playing great D. Just kind of reminds you of the Boise field. Good running attack, good defense, um, and they're, they're they're totally the clear favorite to win their division, and they're the favorite to win the Mountain West at this point. So. Um, they've come a long way in just three weeks. Yeah, Bachmeyer, uh, you yeah. know, declaring that he's transferring and then firing the offensive coordinator and getting Dirk Cutter. He's back. He's yeah. back yeah. in there. Wow. Yeah. Might have been the difference. Cut, the whole thing. Yeah, he did. I would be uh, shaking in my boots if I were uh, uh, 
Avalos. If I, Andy Avalos, thank you, Trey. Oh yeah, because <laughs> uh, oh. you know, yeah, that's that's like quite a yeah. kind of quite a shadow to have under you there. <laughs> well, he brought him back. All right, my last takeaway: Jim Leonard has taken another step towards becoming Wisconsin's permanent head coach. So they beat Purdue. 35-24. Graham Mertz actually had a very good game. And Leonard is now 2-1. and one, And Wisconsin could be a favorite in each of their final four games. Maryland, at Iowa, at Nebraska, and Minnesota. So yeah. that was, that's, I don't know, I would make him even more of a favorite to, to get the job than I did before. And that was also a big game for Illinois because Purdue going down oh, yeah. was, was huge for yeah. them. Illinois now becomes arguably the odds-on favorite to win the division. No, they're going to lose this week to Nebraska. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Maybe. Maybe. They'll run for 400 yards. My next takeaway is the Oregon Ducks. Um, Now, I'm fully on board with them now. I was a little skeptical, but after they throttled UCLA, in which they were were up 31-13 at half, I got to admit, they're they're looking good. Bo Nix, he really should be getting more praise. Got a lot of flack at Auburn, but it wasn't always his fault. but in this game, 22 of 28, five touchdowns. On the year, he's 72% completions. He's got eight more touchdowns on the ground, averages eight yards a carry. I mean, that Georgia game is getting further and further away, and now they've got a chance to to get back in the playoff hunt. You know, still some tough games, but the toughest game left is Utah, and that one is in Eugene. That Georgia game's looking crazier and crazier for them, man. How did they not, like, show anything? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right? Definitely a weird. Because Georgia is not like Georgia's continued to dominate. They've had a few close games. They have. Like, who knows? Maybe we'll football. get a rematch in the playoff. It's possible. Yes. All right. Let's move on to the trivia zone. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is. You have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia zone. So, as I mentioned, Miami had eight turnovers this past weekend, the most in an FBS game since 2012 when Houston turned it over nine times against SMU. I took a look at the Sports Reference Play Index to find all the games since 2000 in which there were at least seven turnovers and just tried to find any patterns I could see. And Washington State has had seven such games. Oh, my gosh. Which is pretty crazy. (laughs) Even crazier. They had two seven turnover games in 2003. They won both of them. (laughs) One of them was 31 to 13 against UCLA. UCLA also had seven turnovers. So that's that's why. That must have been. That must have been the ugliest game ever. And then uh, another one was 36 to 30 against Oregon State. Oregon State had five turnovers in the game. My question is just, you know, it has very little to do with this, but who were who was the quarterback and running back for Oregon State that day? So 2003. Oregon um, State. Uh, uh, Derek Anderson? Uh, Anderson. Yeah, I was going to say Anderson. Yeah. Yep, that's I right with the quarterback. Good, good. Oh, and the running um, back. Uh, Ken Simon. No, he was before that. Steven um, Jackson. Steven Jackson. Ooh, nice. There you go. There we go. Wow. The good old days. I cannot believe. So that was like, there's games with 12 and 14 turnovers. <laughs> yeah. There were a <laughs> lot of seven turnover games. There were over 100. I had to go on to the next page since since 2000. Wow. But That's crazy. That surprises me. I just, it's crazy. I Nebraska that, had an eight, but. Yeah, but that's. 
two of them in one year and you won both games. Like that's yeah, that is crazy that you win both games. All right, anyway, that's insane. That's it for quick trivia zone. There, let's get to our week nine bets. And Trey, we're going to start on Thursday night. Yeah, a Pac-12 Thursday night game is kind of rare. Utah minus seven at Washington State. Hopefully they don't, they don't turn it over seven times. <laughs> um, Depending on who you, I bet. don't know what. I don't know which way to lean in this one, but I, I think I just trust Utah a bit more, so I'll, I'll ride with them. Washington State. So you State, do want seven turnovers. <laughs> yeah. The, the Cougs have put up a, a couple clunkers in a row. They only put up 14 against SC, 10 against Oregon State. They've given up 11 sacks in those two games. Not a great recipe when you're going to need to score on the Utes to keep pace with their offense that has been humming. Um, I know they're coming home to Pullman and they should be fired up for this one but Utah man they're averaging 41 a game Cam Rising's playing like one of the best players in the conference um and the the Cougs they've they've thrived when their defense has made the big plays but I just don't think the Utes Utes offense is going to let them do it here all right let's go to Saturday and in the morning got a very big game Ohio State minus 15 and a half at Penn State what do you think Ryan Yes, uh, this game is always fun to look forward to. Always fun to watch. Penn State plays plays the um, the Buckeyes tough usually. I know the Penn, Penn State got got beat pretty good at Michigan a couple weeks back, but I, I'm just going to give them a pass on that one because I like the way they play here against Ohio State, especially in Happy Valley. I don't expect that to change. Um, the Penn State did get a nice bounce back win this past weekend, uh, beating a solid Minnesota team pretty pretty easily so i think clifford has been doing well this year man he hasn't he's not a heisman contender guy but he's always been doing a good job he threw it pretty well last week and he's done done a great job so i think they'll have enough offensively especially with some of their skill talent like parker washington um i think he's going to be able to you know make some plays for them i just think they uh, they're going to be able to make this one close Uh, it's 15 and a half is a large spread um and you know you got to consider that this game's being played on grass because compared to the for <laughs> house state you know that's so, true wow gotta factor, the grass gotta, angle gotta factor that in i mean to your to your benefit it is ohio state's it's only their second road game um and the line does seem a little inflated but i i'm still gonna back the buckeyes i don't trust sean clifford to make enough plays definitely not keeping pace with cj stroud um Michigan gashed them, put up over five, uh, 560 yards on them. Um, I, I, even if they're able to manage uh, to limit Stroud's production, which they could. Penn State secondary is one of their strengths. Michigan proved that they could be had on the ground, so Henderson and Williams would be ready to pounce. Um, they just put up 54 on Iowa, um, and the offense didn't play all that great. So uh, we, you know, we don't know how dominant Ohio State is, given they've played a very soft schedule. But I, I just think this will be a good litmus test for them, and I'm taking Ohio State. All right, I'll go with Ryan. I'll, I'll take Penn State. I liked their bounce-back performance last week. And like him, I just think they're better than they showed in that Michigan game. I'm almost yeah. – I mean, it's not good, but they've played Ohio State pretty competitively, consistently under James Franklin, um, at least enough to stay within a 15-and-a-half number. I think at home, home crowd, they can avoid a big blowout. Yep. All right, let's move on. We got uh, – TCU is favored seven and a half at West Virginia. Uh, Mountaineers just got whooped at Texas Tech, um, and they're going to be without a few starters, it looks like. Um, but I'm actually going to buy low on them. Um, I, they're clearly a better team when they're in Morgantown. Um, they beat a solid Baylor team there just a couple weeks back. 
Um, and, and TCU, I mean, they've had a great year so far, no doubt about undefeated, but they're not running away with games. Um, they've had some, some good fortune to win maybe a few of the games that they've had. Um, so they're playing some close games and, you know, other than that OU game, which OU kind of lost their mind and they lost Dylan Gabriel in that game. So, um, but West Virginia, they need a bounce back. Like Neil Brown really, really needs a a big win to kind of salvage his job. It almost looks like they're sitting at three and four. I think he'll get West Virginia's best effort here. So I'll, I'll say they keep it within a touchdown, maybe pull off an upset. All right, moving on to Notre Dame at Syracuse. The orange are favored two and a half. The the dome will be rocking. I'm going to take the orange. Uh, I know they're a little battered and upset about losing to Clemson last week, but I think it's easy to rally themselves for for Notre Dame and the Irish. They're just they're hard to uh, to to look at. They're hard to take in this game just because the season has been a roller coaster and a disappointment. Sitting at four and three, you know they play Ohio State tough. They lose to Marshall. They win at North Carolina. Lose at home is a big favorite to Stanford. This this like zig and zag. Um, I, I I do think though for Syracuse they need to get Sean Tucker going. Not they can't solely rely on Garrett Schrader being the whole offense because Tucker struggled a little bit recently. But overall, I just like the Syracuse defense matchup um, against the Irish offense, which outside of Michael Mayer has hasn't been that productive. Um, so I just think Syracuse is a touch better on offense and touch better on defense. Combine it with home field, I'll take the orange. Okay, next game is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Florida against Georgia. Bulldogs favored 22 and a half. This is feels like one of the least uh, talked about cocktail parties yeah. in, in a while. Um, yeah. I think Florida's best chance here as a big, big underdog is to just try and slow the game down, run the ball, which they've for the most part been great at this year. Now, Georgia's defense is a different beast, but they might be without Jalen Carter again, so that helps a little bit. And Florida has been able to be competitive against the best teams on their schedule, against Utah, at Tennessee even. They were you know, kind of in there. Well, they were in there at the, at the very end. So I think they can keep it within three scores and, and get the cover here. Can they prove it's the largest outdoor cocktail party anymore? Hmm. I, need, I need proof. You need evidence? You should go? Yes. <laughs> Get, a, yeah. get yourself a cocktail. That's right. Or a mocktail. That too. All right. Uh, next game, we got uh, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. A very big game here in the Big 12. Uh, Kansas State is favored one and a half. What do you think, Mike? Well, Adrian Martinez is, again, questionable. As we said, after playing only one series last week with a, I think it's a knee injury. I don't, there's... Yeah, they said like a deep knee bruise or something. It seems like, is it just me or... Are coaches being more and more cagey with injuries with each passing year? I don't know. This feels like this year, especially. It's just like maybe just because there's been a lot of quarterback injuries. So there's been a lot of news that people want and aren't getting. But anyway, uh, he's questionable. If he's out, it's likely going to be Will Howard. Um, He's, I guess, his shoulder is, is supposed to be all good. So maybe his arm will open up the passing game a little more than than Martinez has been able to do because last week Howard threw the ball really well had some big plays through the air so that that could help things and the last two opponents have gashed oklahoma state's defense on the ground so if that continues that definitely bodes well for k-state i'm gonna i'm gonna lay the one and a half all right i'll go the other way with oklahoma state they managed to win some close games more often than not under gundy the last few years so i'm taking okie state because the offense has been playing great spencer sanders has looked strong i mean he was the reason they beat texas last week and I know their defense has struggled, 
but it's a lot of it's also been through the air and the Wildcats aren't built to throw it all over them. Um, they're just, they're terrible at that. And Adrian Martinez, not a hundred percent. And they had some defenders, some key defenders get a little banged up against TCU. Uh, you know, the defense for K-State could, could force some turnovers and they could play keep away, but I'm just concerned about if they fall behind, can they play catch up and pass it successfully? Yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma state as well. Um, I know their defense hasn't been playing too great even like the last like month or so, but the offense has picked up the slack. I think they got a pretty good advantage there on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, uh, it, I can give, I can take the the one and a half with the pokes. All right, moving on to Illinois is given seven and a half at Nebraska. The Illini have been one of the best surprises of the year. Their defense is relentless and DeVito has helped balance the offense to go along with Chase Brown on the ground I was pleasantly surprised that the Huskers stayed in the game with Purdue uh, a couple weeks ago, but I I don't like this matchup for Nebraska. Even though they're fresh coming in off a bye, that's not going to fix their offensive line issues. Illinois leads the nation in defense. I think they're going to totally stymie the Huskers from running the ball. They'll get to Casey Thompson. The Illini's offense doesn't wow you, but the Huskers' defense has been pretty pathetic, so I think Illinois gets to 7-1. and Yeah, Illinois is going to be my lock. Whoa. (laughs) I thought about it. Brett Bielema, he knows how to destroy Nebraska. Okay. Next up, Cincinnati at UCF. Gold, or The Knights, excuse me, are favored by one. Yes, they are. Uh, UCF getting smoked by East Carolina. Um, wasn't fun. Took a bit out of the mojo out of this game, but it's still a big one. Um, UCF, they need this um, or else they'll be looking at an extremely large uphill battle to make the uh, the American title game. But, you know, they're they're favored by point here, and so obviously they have a good shot in this one, especially since since he's been kind of living on the edge lately. A couple super close wins for them against USF and SMU. A lot of acronyms in this conference. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the key in this game is for UCF, or for UCF to, they need to get out to a hot start, or at least just not a terrible start. Um, I don't think they want to get in a position where, you know, they're trailing and they have to rely on the passing game. Um because, you know, they did that last week. And Plumlee, John Reese Plumlee is an improved quarterback for UCF. His arm's a little better. But, you know, he threw three picks last week and just they don't want to have to do that. So they need to run the ball, keep it close, just don't get behind. And, you know, I think they will. I think they'll do that pretty well. And I think they're going to bounce back. Um, and I, I think they're going to win this game. Cincinnati is just, I think they're due for a loss. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a bounce back as well. I know they laid that egg at East Carolina. But they lost the turnover battle for nothing. I don't see that repeating, especially at home in the bounce house. Uh, Plumlee has played a lot better at home too. Ryan O'Keefe has started to gel with him at receiver, um, and just Ben Bryant isn't totally scaring defenses with his arm for for Cincinnati. Yeah. So UCF is going to be my pick and my bounce back my bounce back lock of the week. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't feel great about this, but I'll take. Cincinnati, yeah, Uh-oh. their their offense yeah. has been definitely taking a a pretty big step back. Um, but <laughs> defensively, overall, they've been good against the run this year. So if they can slow down Plumlee and Bowser on the ground, then th- that goes a long way to winning this game because I, I don't trust Plumlee to to win the game through the air. So give me the Bearcats. <clears throat> All right, uh, last one we have is um, Michigan State. They're playing at Michigan. Michigan's favorite twenty three. Uh, last I saw, I haven't seen a spread this big um, in that game for in this rivalry for for a little while. Um, they're both coming off a bye. 
But, you know, I actually see that as a little bit of an advantage for Sparty. They really needed to get some guys healthy after kind of a rough start and definitely had some guys banged up. Um, so I'm going to take them. Uh, I think they do, you know, they'll do just enough to kind of slow down Michigan's ground game a bit. Um, I don't know. They're not going to stop them. Uh, but, you know, we've seen Michigan State compete in this game at times where they were the underdog and kind of looked like Michigan was a really darn good team. And all of a sudden, just Michigan State steps up in this rivalry. So if, if I was going to pick a game for the rest of the year for Michigan State to play really well, it would be this game. So I'm going to take Michigan State. Okay, moving on to Kentucky at Tennessee. The Vols are favored 12 and a half. Contrasting styles here. Per Massey Peabody's ratings, Kentucky is the second slowest paced team in the country, and Tennessee is the second fastest. I like Kentucky. I also saw, yeah. I also saw a stat where it's like Tennessee has scored 30 or more points in, I think, 11 straight games, something like that. And then Kentucky's given up like 24 or less and nine or something like that, where mm. it's just something's got to give. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I like Kentucky to limit possessions here and and get the cover. I'm not sure they'll they'll hold uh, Tennessee to 24, but I think yeah. they can do enough to get the cover. Mark Stoops uh, said this week that this is the healthiest the roster's been in several weeks. Tavion Robinson at receiver is expected to be back. That's huge for Will Levis. The offense finally ran the ball well last week against Mississippi State. The offensive line had been terrible. Maybe they've found some improvement. Chris Rodriguez had had a great game, so... Um, maybe he can do the same against Tennessee, who is actually fine against the run, but uh, but they can be had. So I'll, I'll take Kentucky with the points. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Kentucky, too. They're still a good team. I like their defense. And if you all of a sudden just think that they have a pretty solid ground game, then this is, they're a real tough team, man. Um, like Stu said, I think they're looking good with their healthies off this bye. They had a good win last time out against Mississippi State. That was a nice win. Um, so I don't see any reason to think that they can't hang with Tennessee. Tennessee's, I know they got a great win against Bama, but Tennessee isn't, you know, not straight run folks out of the gym here or out of the field, whatever you call it in football, but yeah, not a, go gym. Kentucky. <laughs> yeah not a gym. Yeah. Not, not, not out of Rupp arena. No. Yeah. Now this is Ryan. Kentucky's going from turf to grass here, but I'm, I'm going with you. I, I've got Kentucky Ooh. as well. I don't love Levis and their offense, but I, I do think they can do enough. And it's a look ahead spot. Uh, Tennessee's got that huge game against Georgia next week that they're yeah. kind of circled now. Um, so I think that uh, Levis and, and Co. can at least keep it under the 12 and a half. Okay. Ole Miss minus two and a half at Texas A&M. And it's tough to do. But I'm going to take Texas A&M. I'm going to take plus two and Ooh. a half. They've got three straight losses. Of course, now some freshmen getting suspended for Freaks. apparently smoking weed in the locker room. Just a lot of bad vibes around the pl- program. But this is going to be Ole Miss's ninth straight game without a bye week. They're pretty banged up. They're, they're two leading tacklers. Went down with injuries last game, and LSU really put it to them. I think we'll see Haynes King break another streak. They, so A&M... Right, it's been like a year over a calendar year yeah. since they've scored twenty four more than twenty four points against an FBS opponent. I think they're going to do it this week against this banged up Ole Miss defense. Don't lock it. Don't lock I'm it. I'm doing. I, it's this is don't, like don't do it. there's, oh, there's don't a do few it. teams Gosh, that are so hard to like peg this year, and uh, like A and M and Notre Dame are them. So I don't know why I would make e- either one of those it was my a tough lock. Week. But I'm doing it. Texas A and M is my lock of the week. Oh wow. 
Wow. This will look really, really low. dumb if they just get could, run yeah. out of the building. If Lane just rolls it up on <laughs> no, Yeah, just be like, no, why would I like pick a team three. at this point? But it's too late. <laughs> I click the lock button. All right. Uh, we'll move on to, uh, I said last one the last time, but this is actually the last one, right? Yes. Till our upset specials. Fair, fair. Um, all right, we got USC. They're favored 15 um, at Arizona. Uh, I think it was good for USC to have a, a bye week last week after that tough loss at Utah. Kind of let them, you know, heal up after that and move on. Um, so I think that would have been a tough situation for them to go on the road at Arizona without a bye. So I, I, I like USC now in this game for that particular reason. Arizona's defense has been, they've been really bad. Um, they've given up exactly 49 points in three out of their last four games. One of those was against Cal, not exactly a offensive juggernaut. So Michael Penix threw for over 500 on him uh, a couple weeks back. So I think Caleb Williams and that USC offense will have a pretty darn big day. You know, Arizona's offense is pretty good. Jaden Delora is having a good year for them. Um, they're definitely improved, and they're going to have some success against USC's defense. Um, but there's going to be more resistance on that side of the ball. And I think USC's proven that they can come up with some big plays on defense, maybe force a couple of turnovers that I think it's going to help them kind of pull away in this one. So I like the Trojans. Okay, let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. The first college football playoff rankings come out next week. Whose ranking are you most looking forward to? Tennessee. Are they going to be number one? Yeah, that's that's right? it. Same here. Same here. Yeah, they got to be, right? If they don't get upset this weekend, obviously, we're... we're yes, yes. Then, yeah, they clearly have the best resume. Um, I, but there's no always the chance that Ohio State or Georgia or whatever gets the, the, the kind of eye test bump. So I'm interested to see what this committee does with that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I guess another two teams are just kind of teams that are high and that are r- well ranked in the metrics, but not necessarily in the polls. LSU and Texas. Texas that neither mm. I mean Texas isn't a threat for the playoff but but they're like the metrics love them they're in the top 10 of, of most of those and same with LSU they're around 10th but they're lower ranked so I'm just curious if they weigh more the metrics or more with the polls okay Stanford is offering a free trial for its last two home games against Washington State and BYU which basically means free tickets I assume that of course None of us are still going, despite those, that free offer. How much yeah. would they need to pay you to go to both games? Well, I mean, that's, I'm going to assume I'm living in the area. Um, no, no, oh, that's, 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 that was not oh. part of the question. Oh, it's not. I mean, wow, well, okay. go ahead. well, then they're going to have answer how okay. you. Well, I can want. change it. I'll change it. I'll change it. They got to give me a free weekend up in Napa. Give me oh, a, okay. a couple of wine tastings. If they do that, I'll, you, I'll, I'll go to your game. I'll suffer through the three hours through there. Yeah, if I were. I, it's a good question. If I lived in the area, of course, the, the price goes way down. But it's still a college yes. football Saturday. Not exactly sure what time those games are, but I probably am going to have to miss some great games that I would like to yeah. watch on TV. So they'd have to pay me something. But here I am living in San Diego. I'd have to travel up to Palo Alto, take up my whole weekend. Um, so I, for me, they need to cover my airfare, and of course, hotel. And then I think like 500 bucks a game. Then they could then they could get me up there. Yeah, I was thinking bucks, like yeah. all in... I was considering I w- I combined both games and both weekends, so I yeah. said like all in. I think I would need like five grand. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah. just that's pretty yeah. hefty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That that well that covers. No, I'm saying for, for two yeah. weekends of travel. Yeah. 
back and forth, accommodations, and Hotel, then just to yeah. go watch those crappy games with a crappy environment. I think you'd be living pretty large. Twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's for that's the, more yeah. than I was. My my. That's probably yeah. more than okay. I was asking. But you know, we I got, said we, you got babies three. at home too. You know, we can't just yeah. be yeah. There's a lot to ask. <laughs> Babe, I gotta watch. I gotta watch Stanford Wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting paid for it though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, last question here of the episode: upset specials. We got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. Give me the Yukon Huskies to beat boston college as a seven and a half point dog possibly the first time only seven and a half yeah wow, that's possibly the first time uconn has been an upset special pick on this podcast bc's offense is extremely bad this year their o-line is one of the worst in the power five yeah. if not the worst i think this is going to be an ugly low scoring game and uconn with jim mora they've got a shot to get to four and five this season if they can get this upset. I know, yeah, he's, he's done a good he, job he has done a good job uh, I'm going to go with Akron. They're getting eight, hosting Miami of Ohio. They've been a little disappointing, and I know Akron is one and seven, but they've been very competitive in MAC play. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Kentucky. They're, they're getting those 12 and a half points at Tennessee. Kentucky's has got a lot of guys healthy. They're playing better, and Tennessee's maybe looking ahead. And Tennessee's not juggernaut. Kentucky can get them. They're, they're doing pretty well. Not a juggernaut. Next week's number one team in the country to you, Ryan. Well, unless your upset specials, right? Very good, but they're 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 beatable. Yeah, yeah. Almost lost at Pitt in overtime. So, yeah, yeah. stranger things could could happen. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to check out our YouTube video this week. As I mentioned, we give our thoughts on some of the first year head coaches at big time programs and. Other than that, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Thank you.